Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by the voice of all combat sports, the legend, Teddy Atlas. Teddy, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm waiting for my bookie to give us more sponsorship for my not only boxing picks, but my college football picks. I'm waiting for that phone call to come because I know the people out there are making extra money following my picks. Uh, Michigan are now the national champions of all of college football, as I predicted they would be, and not just at the last second. This is going back quite quite a bit. And what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, I said that you would get your finals matchup it would be Washington and Michigan beating Texas and Alabama. That's what you got. And then you got the Wolverines to win it all, which I let everyone know last week. One little problem with it, because I am a prisoner to truth, even when it kicks my butt. Um, I probably didn't get the information for the national title game out <laughs> until Tuesday because I predicted it on Monday <laughs> while we were taping. And, of course, the show doesn't come out until Tuesday. But I got enough information out there before that that hopefully some people did make a couple trinklets on. I would hope they did. Uh, but we also... We also have some fight plans coming up. So before we started, I just wanted to remind everyone, get ready. Joshua and, and Ganyu, Fury and Usyk, we're going to be uh, coming to your theaters soon. But more importantly, the fight plan coming to your living room soon. We will be doing that in the next uh, week. A week, I think, in the next week. We'll be going and meeting in New York City. At the at my friend Martin Snow's gym and uh, Trinity gym, and we will be doing that. And yep, one other thing, we have a, another person who picks winners really well. My good friend Pedro Martinez Fraga, the great lawyer, great great boxing enthusiast, actually a former pro fighter. But, um, and he's situated in a warmer place than you are right now. I know you got snow going up the gazoo, and um, <laughs> it's very cold over here in New York City. But my friend Pedro in Miami is doing good because, well, first, because he's a good person. But second, he has me impressed. We're going to get into it. We'll break it down in a little while. But he picked he picked Better Be of to win by seventh round knockout. I picked him to win too and, and for late stoppage. But he picked him to win. He gave me the round. Seventh round. I actually Dang. did that a couple of times when I was calling fights at ESPN Friday Night Fights. I actually one time... I actually said, go to the videotape. You guys can <laughs> see it if you don't trust me. 
But um, like the great Warner Wolf would say, go to the videotape. But I actually caught a fight where I said it's going to end in the third round and it's going to end with a right hand over a left hand. And it actually did. And here's the crazy, crazy part of it. There was like eight seconds left in the round and I was sweating it. I was sweating. I was like, in my head, I was, I'm calling a fight, but in my head, I'm saying, oh man, eight, seven, six, five, you know, and bang, bang, bang. It actually happened. And and my kids would always say to me, dad, if you ever called the things you've called over the years in any other sport, forget about it. You, you'd be, a, you'd be, it'd be everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, you know, it'd be on a, tabloids to be on the front of all those sports pages you know <laughs> everything but being that it's boxing no no i mean if you stood up there at baseball and you said okay uh in the sixth pitch of the second inning so and so is gonna hit a home run yeah you know what you get a lot of attention boxing <laughs> uh no ken not not quite the same but here we are, another show. We got some good fights to talk about. We got UFC, we got boxing, we got a nice mix. And congratulations, Michigan Wolverines. And now I guess that I don't want to put a damper on it, but I guess that the great coach and the two brothers, the Harborough brothers, the Harborough brothers, they are great coaches. They really are. And one of them with the, uh, in the pros obviously with the Ravens. I think he's going to win the Super Bowl, by the way. And then and then you're with that great quarterback, unbelievable, uh, impossible guy to game plan against, like my son, the great scout in the NFL, Teddy Atlas III would say, you, you can't game plan against uh, the Ravens quarterback. He He's impossible to stop. You can only hope to contain him, like the T-shirt says. But, of course, the, the Harborough that is the Michigan coach. He was also with San Fran. Uh, he did a great job there, too. But the rumors or the thoughts are that he'll probably leave college football and go back to the pros, uh, back to the NFL. And here's the thing. I'm not trying to knock him because I just said great things about them, right, Ken? Yep. But, you know, I do have an obsession with telling the truth and trying to tell the truth. Uh, even if it gets me in trouble, obviously. But this, he 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 just brought Michigan back to the promised land, and now he'll probably leave, and and the whole program will be wrecked because there's all kinds of allegations. <laughs> <laughs> there's all kind. I don't know if there's any merit to them or not. Whatever. But there's all kinds of stuff that that is there's smoke in the air. I don't know if there's fire behind it, but there's there's all kinds of... Well, you know, you know the expression, where there's smoke, there's fire, I would be willing to bet my life without picking on one program in particular, but when it comes to college sports, where there's smoke, 99.9% of the time there is fire. But the whole system probably needs to be revamped with the NILs. I just There's so much room for... Tom well, college football is never going to be the same, Ken, to your no. point. With NILs, uh, my son just said it. He said, and he made a really good point. He said, I think 
look, he's it's hard at you're seventy years old to keep that energy like Lou Saban, uh, like uh, Nick Saban, and he's leaving. But Teddy made a good point. My son Teddy, he said, Dad, it's probably time for him to leave because the 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 programs that he the the sport that he dominated is not that sport anymore. It, it's it's changing. And it's about to change more and quickly oh, yeah. and drastically with NILs. And I think maybe they should have like a salary cap on the NIL. Give each team X amount of money to spend on their players and let's see who can do the same thing like baseball. Who can get the most with the same exact amount of money? Which coach is going to outperform? I think they uh, – look, the, the problem is it's – College is supposed to be college. It's not supposed to be professional sports. But that stopped the nonsense here. Come on. It might as well be professional sports. They're getting paid. And the coaches are making $10 million, and the players yeah, and will be I, lucky I get it. to NIL. They'd be lucky to get a free pair of sneakers. No, 100%. But that, and not to mention what, what the merchandise is making, too. Of course. Uh, that sound and all that. And look, if you look at all these big college programs, which I have been there, because when I was doing Friday Night Fight for 18 straight years, we were traveling all over the country. We were doing, I was doing fight plans at the Texas Longhorns, you know, all the different big colleges around the country. I saw those programs. My son saw those programs. The money that's in those programs, the gyms, the 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 workout rooms. The weight rooms in those Division One football Oh, the facilities. Sick. Forget about it. Forget it. Oh, my goodness. The NFL has nothing on them. That's right. You know, so, yeah, the money's been there forever. Uh, the coach is making all kinds of money. Now the kids are going to start making some money. And, um, you know, I mean, and with the TV revenue and everything else, those those programs, wow. And, and not to mention the tuition that the regular students have to pay to, or their parents have to pay to get in there. Well, top school now, 75 grand a year. Vanderbilt, Notre Dame, those schools out of state at Texas, you're talking 50, 75 grand. It's insanity. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like I said, my son made a good point. Uh, Lou might be getting while the getting's good, you know? It's Nick, uh, Nick, Nick. Uh, Nick, I'm sorry. Uh, you're thinking you know, of Lou Holtz. Yeah, Lou Holtz, Notre Dame, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, he did a great job there, too. He went there and he turned the program back to the greatness uh, that it had. But that's like your man Hurley at UConn. The good coaches just continue to win whatever the program is because they know how to recruit, they know how to win. But I think in college, you get a huge emphasis on coaching because you have a different crop of starters every year. It Pretty much a whole different team from year to year. Maybe 50% the same. But to be able to motivate and inspire and not, not just motivate and inspire, but to educate. These kids come out of like, you come out of a, a program like Alabama, quarterbacks in particular, to step into an NFL program and learn the friggin' playbook is I, I don't think most people understand how complex this is where now you're having to essentially have the brain of like a Bill Belichick to be able to read the defense the way Brady did and Eli Manning and Peyton Manning to be able to read the defense understand what the coach is trying to convey and then get everyone on the team on the same page and do it while under tremendous pressure and getting your head taken off on every play it's just so those what those guys do in college, the good ones, it's it's miraculous, I think. Well, no, listen, you have to have a real sense for what, really, for what it is that 
takes priority that they have to kind of, uh, it's always we're recruiting, don't get me wrong. But like a guy like Calipari, um, you know, how he's how he's been through the system and he realized how it got. It changed while he was there, where it went from you had these players for three, four years to where it was one and done. Yeah, yep, you got your, right. you got the one and done, baby, one and done. And he, he embraced that. You yes. know, they all are now. But he was one of the first to embrace that and say, yeah, all right, one and done. Uh, get get five McDonald All-Americans in there, put them together, might lose a little bit at the beginning of the year. By the end of the year, they'll be playing, you know, like a team. They'll be learning the system. They'll be learning something about defense instead of just, you know, taking shots like they're in a, like they're, like they're in a schoolyard. And by the end of the year, I have them together. We'll, we'll make a run for the national title. And then after that, start over. Yep. <laughs> Bring in How five new like- ones. How'd you like that kid, C.J. Stroud, and the job he did on Dallas? Holy shit, that yeah, kid. No. 22 well, years got... old to be able to do that. That was well, I love, a performance but that, of the year That's where it helps so you coming from those big programs, of Ohio course. State, yeah, Alabama, yeah. whatever. 100%. Because you're, because you're on the big stage right from the beginning. Yes. So you're, you're developing ice cubes in your veins. That's yep. what you're doing because that's, that's right. the key. I mean, you got to be good and all that. I get it. But you got to be cool under difficult circumstances and they get the uh, they get the chance to be on in those circumstances more than anyone else on a higher profile stage more than anyone else and with with top competition on that stage more than anyone else so they get groomed for that yeah but you gotta give him credit that kid stroud uh is really he's really something he looks like a good kid too um, so, and, and that makes you feel even better, uh, when you, when you see that part of it, but, um, sorry, I said Stroud, I was thinking of, um, Stroud did unbelievable against, um, the Browns, but I was also thinking of, um, the kid love and what he did to the Cowboys in yeah. Dallas. Well, I Ooh. love Stroud. No, love, Stroud you gotta love too. too. No, no, yeah. love, love has been there longer though. Stroud is, is a rookie. That's right. Uh, yes. So uh, there's a difference, but yeah. Uh, you can't go wrong with either one of them. It's been terrific. Hey, look, talk about Green Bay with with um, with love. I mean, what do they have in the water there? Yeah, you, you got Brett Favre, then you got Rodgers, now you got Love. I mean, boy, they, you talk about breeding quarterbacks. You talk about developing quarterbacks. You talk about a team that that knows how to do that. Somehow they do, uh, or drafting quarterbacks is part of it. You know. Obviously, and develop them, draft them, and develop them the right way. Give them enough time, you know, where you're not rushing them in there too fast, where they yeah. do get a chance to mature a little bit before they get fed to the lions, you know, like you do if you uh, play for the Giants or the Jets in New York. You know, uh, you might get fed to the lions. Or some of those teams, you you see the top quarterback and. They go to a team that is weak and has no offensive line. You just watch them week in and week in out. You just watch them just get grinded down, beaten up. Yeah, Mac Jones. Oh, Mac yeah. Jones. But by the way, Love had 272 yards, three touchdown passes. C.J. Stroud, 274, three, th- three touchdown passes. Um 157 to a 157.2 quarterback rating for CJ Stroud. Love 
157.2. I mean, you talk about two almost identical performances, which is why I was getting them confused for a minute, but Jesus. But to your point, C.J. Strauss, 22 years old. He's, a, that's a little kid. I mean, that's a, a boy, right? I mean, 22 years old. To be able to do that in Dallas against the Cowboys who were kicking ass all season. But the poor Cowboys. But, but, but like the same old story, though, Ken. Every year, they, they, they just... But That's what I come was going to say. Year. It's like the cycle of doom. They spit the bit every year. I'm sorry. Every year, if you could depend on something, you could depend on two things. You could depend on every year the Cowboys. It's going to be their year. It's going to be the <laughs> Super Bowl, and then and then they're going to get to the first round, maybe the second, but usually the first round. Have a great year, first round of playoffs, and they're gone. I mean, yep. they. You could depend on that, and the only thing you could depend just as well on is that Stephen. A. Smith, my man, my <laughs> friend, that he will be coming right behind that with a Stetson and a Stokey in his mouth saying, how about them Cowboys? How they must, about they them must Cowboys? hate that guy, man. He is on them every time. And when he does that maniacal laugh on Twitter, oh my God, I can't wait. As soon as I see them starting to go in the tank, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see the next tweet from Stephen A. Smith. Oh, yeah. Oh, they've provided endless fodder. He was rubbing his hands last night on the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and it didn't take him long to know that he was going to get what he wanted. I no. mean, right from the beginning, they went right down the field, and they they, they went right into the end zone. Right yep. down the field, scoring touchdowns. It was 27 nothing before you blinked an eye. The kid Aaron Jones, 118 yards, three rushing touchdowns, long run of 27 yards, which in the NFL, that's a ton of yardage but uh all right let's get into boxing i know that the diehards are gonna be like oh these two get get to the boxing all right okay we hear you um let's jump into that better bf card start with the um co-main was it the co-main was it the right before the start christian yeah, and belly yeah, christian yeah. and belly the canadian um olympian against rohan murdoch uh, man, and Billy puts everything into every punch he throws. And Murdoch, I mean, you couldn't beat him. He, he could have hit him with a hammer, it seemed like, and he wasn't getting out of there. Eventually, the fight was mercilessly stopped in the um, sixth round. Sixth round not mercilessly, not merciless, merciful. Let me correct you one time. One time. Let me have a chance to correct you. <laughs> I on said your, mercilessly. <laughs> yeah, let me correct you on your uh, English, uh, <laughs> the way that you're using the English language instead of me, the man who's known for massacring the English language. Let me help you. I'm That's always fair. there to help. I'm always there to help. <laughs> Merciful stoppage. Um, Six-round TKO. How'd you like him, Billy? And uh, what'd you think of the toughness Murdoch showed? I'm going to get right to it. He's one of my favorite fighters. Bang. Uh, I got a few of them now. Billy is one of my favorite fighters. And I love Murdoch. I mean, you you should really. He's He should be the... Put his picture in Webster's Dictionary for tough. Just put his picture there. I mean, this guy doesn't give an inch. But it was an extraordinary shootout. Um, Mabilly is rated number one. He's 26 and 0, 22 knockouts. Murdoch, 27 and 3, 19 knockouts. Just an extraordinary shootout. Both left it all in the ring. We talk about it. You don't see it all the time. They left it in the ring. Undefeated Mabilly. He's short. He's compact. Physically strong. I mean, the guy's a fire plug. He's a fire hydrant. Um, 
He's, he's a cement block with gloves. Uh, that's that's what he is. He's relentless. I don't use this comparison too often. When I do, pay attention because I'm giving the highest accolades you can give from Teddy Atlas. He's Henry Armstrong-like. And everybody that follows this show knows me, knows Henry Armstrong is one of my favorite fighters, if not my favorite fighter of all time, the, the 30s. Um, but Henry Armstrong, homicide Hank, Hank, he there's not too many people that invoke his you know, image when watching him, and Mabili does. He gets inside, he puts his head on your chest, he pushes you back, and he goes to the head and the body. Relentless action fighter, fun to watch, and here's the part that all the great Mexican fans are waiting for me to say, and I'm not going to disappoint you. I'm not. You know I love you. Uh, I know you're there. I'm not letting you down. I just want to, I can't wait to see Canelo fight him. Um, if Canelo will hopefully fight him. He's the number one. I don't know which, it don't matter. Canelo's, you know, 168-pound champ. Uh, one of them, along with Benavides. I wouldn't mind seeing Benavides fight him either, but I would love to see Canelo because I'll tell you right now, Canelo's terrific. He's a champion. Oh, we know how good he is, Cinnamon. No doubt about it. But if Canelo can't hurt him and catch him coming in, which you have a chance to do because he's coming in, Billy. But if you can't hurt him, and Canelo maybe he can, but if he can't, ho, 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 ho. Canelo might be looking for one of his, uh, to go on vacation to, you know, to one of his summer homes. I'm sure he's got a few of them, or winter homes, or uh, whatever homes. He he might not want to. He might not want to be messing with McBilly if he can't hurt the guy, uh, because this McBilly will not stop. I think I said in Billy Canadian Olympics. I meant French Olympics. French Olympic team by way of Cameroon with the great Francis Ngannou. Uh, Cameroon yeah. represented. Oh, thank with God two you elite. caught yourself. Thank God. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. Because, Imagine how the hate I'd get. But getting back to Billy, you just can't keep the guy off. Nope. He's awkwardly clever too, with herky jerky movements, head movement to make you miss. Uh, he's 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 dynamic. He throws every punch as if he's trying to knock you out. Uh, he punches like, you know, that that saying that became very, very, uh, you know, known out there with Mike Tyson punching with bad intentions. Uh, yeah, that's what this guy does. He punches with very bad intentions. The announcer um, said it at one point, but I was I was thinking it before they said it that he punches, he throws punches a lot like Jeff Lacey. Remember Jeff Lacey, big super middleweight? Yeah, he throws punches like Mike Tyson. He throws everything yeah. to hurt you. He throws punches like Henry Armstrong. I mean, mm -hmm. Murdoch should be given a bonus by top rank. Um you know, if you wait around for that, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you might be waiting a minute. I'm not sure. But um, I'm just saying. Uh, UFC does it. I, I would love to see boxing adapt the same thing. I'm not, I know that, Teddy, it's not your money to spend. I get it. I understand people. But I don't care. I don't care. They got plenty of money. I would, 
I, I really, I would love to see when it calls, when it's appropriate, and this was appropriate, give a freaking bonus when it's appropriate. And Murdoch would really, really deserve that bonus because, man, it was appropriate. Um, well, Top Rank did give him a bonus in the third round when his mouthpiece got punched into the third row. Kyle Moretti from Top Rank caught it and threw it back into the ring for him. Boom, yeah, that's bonus. about the best you're gonna get. Uh, <laughs> Here's your bonus. Get back in yeah, there. Keep yeah, taking those even, shots. And, and yeah, and don't even rinse <laughs> don't it off. Rinse just it. put <laughs> just put it in your mouth because you know the, well, we got cameras rolling. We got exactly. cameras rolling. <laughs> Look, Murdoch showed incredible heart. Uh, he he fought Mobili tooth and nail, trying to match him punch for punch and combination to combination. The difference, Ken, was Billy was just stronger and always threw a couple more than he did. But it was really, truly a war. You know, like Marvin Hagler when he wore a war on his hat for the Hearns fight, and it was war. That's, that's what this was. And Murdoch did not give an inch. He was, he was knocked or pushed or punched off the line. He did not voluntarily step off. Sometimes guys step off the line a little bit. They do. Uh, or they maybe in the corner, they whisper something so the doctor stops it. Or they tell the corner. And they got the right to do it. I'm not knocking them. But not this guy. This guy did not voluntarily step off of that line. He stayed inside the pits with him. He was forced out. He did not voluntarily walk out. His spirit refused to leave. It was his body that finally gave in. And even then, he would not submit. His trainer, Buddy McGurk, the former world champion, he had to stop it. And rightfully so. Man, as, as tough a game as they come. And I'll finish as I started. I want to see more of Mabili, one of my favorite fighters now. Uh, him and Canelo, let's go. All right, let's get right into the main event then with um, Better BF and Callum Smith. Seventh round TKO for uh, Better BF. It's literally like the same playbook with Better BF. Seemingly every fight start. He, although he did come out trying to start a little quicker in the first round, but it's literally like he downloads all the information, slowly starts breaking you down. And like Callum Smith said after the fight, you just can't keep him off you. He just seems to be touching but his punches seem to have so much authority on them that eventually he can't stop it. Even uh, Buddy McGirt said to Callum, don't stand on the ropes and keep taking punches. But I don't think he can throw punches back because he's getting hit so hard so often that if he feels like if he throws, he's going to get knocked out. And man, it was just an absolute beat down, slowly wearing him down. And uh, man, better be have looked excellent in, in my opinion. Dying to hear what you think on this one, though. Do you do you remember years ago that that insect repellent off? I think mm -hmm. I I would try putting that all over my fighter's body <laughs> before he gets in there with better beef. And and I don't know. See if maybe see if maybe that has some effect on him because what you just said is true. What Smith witnessed, you know what what he what he witnessed firsthand. It's true. It's hard to keep this son of a gun, really, to keep him off. Uh, he, Smith was a little tight early. 
He wasn't using his leg, not fighting tall. Better be a f- started fast, as you alluded to. He doesn't always start fast. He started fast. He sent the message. Um, maybe some people thought he was getting old. I think he sent a message. <laughs> I'm not old. I'm going to start a little faster just to show you. <laughs> I noticed he was doing a lot of warming up in the locker room, more than he normally does. Yeah, and, I noticed that he, too. Yeah, yeah. And then when I noticed that, then I saw him start fast. He ah, Maybe they felt tight. They felt a little cold up there, cold weather up there where they were, you know, up in Canada. Um, maybe maybe he was tight and uh, he wanted to get warmed up, get the engine going, you know, so he could come out of the driveway fast. He did. Whatever it was, he did. Uh, and and the most important thing you notice right from the beginning, Ken, he had no trouble getting in close where he wanted to be. So he wins the first round. Much better second round for Smith. He used his jab. He started to use length a little bit. He's a tall, big guy. He, he's, he's got a big frame on him, and he's physically strong. Um, that don't matter to Better Beef. He doesn't care. But his jab, Better Beef is like a, a, he's a, like a piece of wire. He, he's like a piece of freaking steel. I mean, really. These other guys are big, strong. You see them like, like Smith. And then... And then you get to better be if, and really, he, uh, it's like he's, he's made out of some kind of alloy that, that we've never witnessed before, that you know, would probably be good for a spaceship you know, coming in uh, into the atmosphere so it didn't get burnt up. It probably could ward off all kinds of heat because better be if sure as hell wards off all kinds of heat. He wards off everything, and he just, he just melts you down. Um, much much better second round for Smith. I gave him the second round. I thought he won. That's the only round I gave him. I saw a couple scorecards, gave him two rounds. I, I didn't. I, I gave him the one round, the second round. Uh, the referee was scaring me a little bit. I don't have a lot of faith in that referee. You know, he broke him in the third round for no reason. But at the end of the day, he didn't get in the way. Better be if wouldn't let anybody get in the way. Uh, or better be if in the third round... He gets inside. He throws short shot. That's that's the brilliance too. It's not just how strong and relentless short Joe Lewis type shots. Nice, nice and short shots in there. Uh, really, really beautiful. Uh, he uses the jab on the outside. He mix. He even mixes in a counter punch here and there. The the guy is much more complete than he gets credit for because he's so aggressive. He's such a destructive machine. He's the boogeyman. Yeah, he really he, he really is. I mean, we're going to get into it, but have you seen the John Wick series or your kids seen them? Of course. Oh, you know, a lot of guys getting kids shot. Kids are in a little head. young. Yeah, they're a little young for that. Too many kids too many people getting shot in the head. You're right. <laughs> uh, about 400,000 in, in like in the first half hour. But <laughs> man, John Wick, in that first John Wick, you know, where the Russian mobster was explaining to people who he is. He's the boogeyman. I think in Russian they called him Bobby Yaga. Bobby Yaga. Just a sound. Bobby. Who is he? He's Bobby Yaga. He once killed three men with just a pencil, Sam. Just a pencil. He killed three <laughs> men. He's Boogie Yaga. Boogie Yaga. Well, this guy's Boogie Yaga. He, he is the real version of the, of the boogeyman. Um, he, but again, 
because he's the boogeyman, he doesn't get credit for how good he is in other areas. We know how relentless he is. We know how hard he punches. We know how, you know, all that. But, man, the guy does things that he don't get credit for because you just assume that, oh, he's just aggressive. He's just going to wreck you. He's going to come forward. He's just going to run you over like a monster truck runs over a Volkswagen, you know, and eventually he does do that. He's 20 and 0 now with 20 knockouts. He's done it with everybody. He's done it with some really good fighters. Um, but he does, that's not fair. He does counterpunch. He does use the jab brilliantly. He does move off every once in a while to move laterally, give himself a little break, you know, where he'll move off to the side laterally and look for the the right place to re-enter, you know, uh, to come back into the fray again. Uh, he he does a lot of things that is a lot more than just coming forward and getting rid of a guy. There's a lot of reasons why he's so efficient, so effective at attacking people and getting the results that he wants. Even in the end here, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through breaking it all down for you. But um, when he when he has you in trouble, he opens up. He he opens up with everything. And again, nice short shots. Sometimes not even that hard. And then all of a sudden, just to keep you, just to keep you in a fray, just to keep you confused, to keep you decombobulated, you know, Ken? Like he just, and then all of a sudden, he plays a hard one. Um, big fourth round form. Smith fought back at the end, but he was getting caught. He was getting pummeled on the ropes. He was staying on the ropes too much, allowing better. That's where better be if. Likes to set up shop right on the ropes. Uh, he started. It started looking in the fourth round, like a. I've I've used this analogy before. It started looking like a dog fighting a cat, Ken. That you yep. knew the dog would eventually <laughs> eat the cat. You you know you just you you knew. And um, in spots, he just rains punches on. Just it's like a. It's like a rainstorm. The fifth round, he he takes breaks, as I said before, moving off to the sides, you know, boxing, jabbing well, looking for the right place to re-enter. Uh, but he always comes back to pressing you and being the aggressor and being the boss and just boiling you down. He boils you down. That pressure boils you down. The seventh round better be if uh, timed him with the right hand. I don't want anyone to miss that. Yeah, he he, the relentlessness, the accumulation, but all night he was looking to time with science. He was looking to time a right hand. He was looking for it, looking for it. He's got the cerebralness too. And in the seventh round, sure enough, he did. He timed him with the right hand. That's what got everything started. And like I said, he'd been looking for that. Once he heard him, he stayed on him with those short shots. You know, he's balanced. He's always in position. Uh, he keeps them coming. He keeps that flow going. You know, the water doesn't get shut off. Once he starts, the, the pipes stay open. And they, they keep ringing. They keep ringing. Every, everywhere. And again, a, a rainstorm. 
And I like the way that he mixes them up so well. He chooses them really well, like when he switched to the uppercut at the right time. So he's got, in, in all that what looks like turmoil and chaos, he knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's trying to get. And he does it at the right time. He only made one mistake, and I'm going to touch on it, and that's the way you beat him. And that's the way Beaver's going to beat him. Because I think Beaver will beat him. Yeah, I was going to ask you, once we're, done, once we're done with this fight, I want to preview it. Yeah, we will. It'll be a hell of a fight. But I'll tell you, he he only made one mistake. And if I was training Beaver, I'd make him watch this one thing. He reached in with a right hand one time where he was vulnerable to a left hook counter, which Smith tried to do, but it was late. And it, and it wasn't with the power that it needed to be. Because with a guy like this, Bubiaga, when you're in there with Bubiaga, you get an opportunity to hurt him. You got to hurt him. You got to take a soul. You got you to gotta put the stake in the heart. I mean, it's Dracula. You got to put the stake in the heart, and you got to pound it all the way through. You you have an opportunity to hurt Bugiaga. You got to do it. You can't miss that moment because you ain't going to get another moment. You, at least you can't count on another moment. So there was that one moment. If I was commentating, that's what I would have concentrated on saying that. That that's that's what you got to do. And Beaver, I would guess, saw it where. He reached it with the right hand because he's very aggressive. You can change distance. You can get him to reach. That's what the plan has to be. Try to get him to reach, but you can't miss your opportunity. You got to freaking, you got to put the stake in on. And that was the only opportunity Smith was going to happen. And it, it passed and it was over. Um, because when you're in there with a machine like Better BF, you cannot miss those opportunities. As I said, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get many. So that's what I saw. Uh I think that's a good breakdown for the people out there that appreciate the breakdown. That the guy's more he's more than just boogieaga. He's a smart boogieaga. You know, he's a smart boogeyman. Uh and then as far as you got anything else, Ken, you wanna do a little some kind of preview of Bevo and uh yeah, that's what I want to do. I wanted to, I wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, preview of Better Bev and Bevel because that seems to make the most sense in the sport, really. Unify light heavyweights. Well, they got the money in Saudi Arabia. They're going to pay. I mean, if you didn't have the money in Saudi Arabia, who knows if these fights would ever be made. But the money's there. They're going to... These these promoters, you know, they, they want to make money. They, they make money. They want to make more money. They're, they don't care what side of the street you're on. They only care when... When you know uh, the money is is only so much, but when you're gonna give them the kind of oil money that the Saudis can give, where there's no respect for money, basically, uh, you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get some of these fights you wouldn't normally get, and uh, and that's good for the fans. Uh, I think Bevo beats him. I think Bevo controls range. He counter punches well. He's he's defensively very solid. But here's the most important reason why I give people a chance. He's mentally solid, too. You got to be mentally solid. Forget about the physical stuff. Yeah, you got to be good. You got to be mentally. You you got to. 
that brain's got to be surrounded by titanium. And I don't mean to keep the blows from hurting you. I mean to keep the pressure from sinking you, the pressure from melting you, the pressure from evaporating you. Just like I said, you know, you, you got the space shuttle coming into the atmosphere. If you didn't have to write, uh, if you didn't have to write alloyed surrounding that space shuttle, it's going to get burnt up. You better have to write alloyed surrounding your freaking head, your will, your constitution when you fight better be of. Otherwise, it's going to get it's going to get burnt up. It's it's never going to get through the atmosphere. Never. The atmosphere of twelve rounds. In that in that freaking boiler room with better beef, and that and that and that freaking infernal, that furnace. No, no, you better have the alloy, and I think Bevo's got it. I think he's got that from from the part of the world he comes from, the part of the world better beef that they have that constitute, they have that code of ethics, <laughs> fighting ethics that that you have a code of behavior. To behave like a warrior. Not only fight like one, but behave like one. I think that he has that. But Abiyev has it. I think Bevo has it. He's just a different style, so you don't appreciate that he has it. You don't look at him and say, oh yeah, he's got it. Yeah, because he don't, you know, he don't go and just chop your head off. You know, he goes in there with little stilettos and takes little pieces of you. You know, and he take, but at the end, it's the same thing. At the end, it's a lifeless body. It's a body of no use that's left. Again, better be if you know he comes and you know the head is chopped off and you know it's done. I mean, there's you can't use that body no more. But Bevo takes a little pee. He's like where better be if it's like being in a a tank with a great white. <laughs> Bevo's like being in a tank with piranha. He, they take little pieces. He takes little pieces. At the end of the day, again, you're not in good shape. Yeah, yeah, you're not worth a lot because you're you're not whole anymore. Bevo frustrates you. He breaks you down too, but he does it in pieces like piranha. He doesn't do it like the great white. We just freaking eat you. You know, like Boogiaga. So <laughs> you don't give him the credit. You don't say, "Oh yeah, he's got that constitution. He's got that warrior spirit. He got, he's got it." He just approaches it differently. He uses different weaponry. That's all. He uses, you know, uh, a, a different approach. But don't ever fool yourself to thinking you're not reading that book, The Art of War. Because you are reading that book, and you are in war, and these guys are ready for war, and again, just different strategies, different ways to go about it. But at the end of the day, they can run an army. They 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 can be generals, because they are what generals need to be. People that are firm in their in their in their goals, you know, stout with their disposition, with their beliefs, with their determination. You know, they are they are made of those things that a general has to be made of. And people, I think, the same way. Um, 
So that's what gives me the confidence to say he could win a fight. His style, his legs, he'll keep he'll keep distance, he'll use the jab, he'll match the jab, he won't get dominated by the jab of better BF. Um, you know, he'll use the whole ring, but he'll stay together. He'll stay because the pressure's gonna come. It's gonna come. And it and part of what gets to these guys, whether it's Smith or the next guy down the line if it's not Beevil, what gets to them, Ken, it's not just a jab. It's not just a body that he goes to. He goes to a body well. It's it's not just the right hand he times you with. It's just the knowledge that he ain't going away. Yeah. The the immovable, the 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 pain, the the suffering mentally, not physically, mentally, the of just knowing that you have an unstoppable force that saps you, that that gets your body to really be a co-conspirator to its own demise, where the body just starts, you know, coughing like your car with no gas in it. And, and you know, it just... <laughs> you know, it, it just starts conking out. It's like... It, it, and he, he, ha- he does that to people. And, and it starts... Yeah, he, he he imposes his physicality, but he imposes his will. He really gets you to be desperate. He gets you to feel like you don't have a choice here. You don't have a choice here. He kind of does what Ali did to George Foreman, a different George Foreman, many years ago in Zaire, where he made George Foreman, who had was he was the guy beating everyone up, but he made him feel like no, no. Tonight, you have no say. You have no say in this. You have, I, you cannot stop what's in front of you. Nothing you can do can stop what's in front of you. You, you, you can't change the destiny of this man, Muhammad Ali. He, he's going to rope a dope. He's going to take your punches. He's going to talk to you. He's going to... You have no say here. Only he has a And that's not true. We always have a say until we give up that say. But there are certain situations that make you feel that way. That night, Ali made Foreman feel. And to the brilliance of Foreman, he recreated himself. He grabbed a hold of that information, that pain, that suffering that he went through for 10 years after that. And he came back. And he used that information. And he was better and stronger for it. He really was. Very few people get that opportunity or have the makings to do that. Very few George Foreman's out there. And and you don't have a chance today to do that. Nobody can wait around 10 years and uh, to exercise ghosts that they suffered one night and then 10 years later they come back, you know, to clean those ghosts out of the attic. Uh, you don't get that. You got to do it in one day. You got to do it one day, one night. And that, and very few people are prepared to do it with a guy like Better Beef. Again, I think Bevo is. I think it'll be a hell of a contest. Uh, I, Better Beef will use the jab. He will try to take the jab away from Bevo because Bevo needs that jab. That's his style. Control range, use the jab, create counter-punching opportunities. 
better Beaver will look to use his own jab to not allow Beaver to dominate with his jab. He will look to take the legs away from Beaver by going to the body, by cutting the ring down, by just bringing all that pressure to slow him down with the pressure I just talked about. Um, Beaver will try to avoid engagements on the inside. Better Beaver will try to make sure those engagements are not avoided, that he will get inside, he will work. The referee, the choice of the referee, forget the judges, that's always important, but the choice of the referee will be very important. If I was involved with these fighters, man, I'd be on top of that. I'd be on top of that. I better get the right referee. If I'm better BF, I better get a freaking referee that allows me to fight when I get close. Otherwise, I, I'm dead. I'm dead. Yep. And if I got Beaver, I better get a referee that maybe is inclined to say, okay, all right, yeah, let you tie up a little bit. Let you tie up. Not that Beaver won't fight you when he has to. He will. Anyway, that's my breakdown for that one. It, it'll be a, it'd be an awfully interesting one. Uh, it really will be. I don't want to wait no longer, though. Better be of 38 years old. Bevo's what, 33? I don't want to wait. I don't want this to, you know, become what Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao became because Pacquiao was too old. You know, I mean, Floyd's great. He might have beat him at his best anyway. But it took away the interest. What would have been interesting in that fight with the diminished Pacquiao that we wound up with. Yeah. Oh, I agree. That's going to be a, a good one. And you're right. Bivol is 33 years old. <clears throat> um, before we get into the UFC, let's give a quick shout out to our number one sponsor. That's Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is the all-in-one green drink. Mix a scoop of it in the morning with whatever beverage you, chew, you like. I like to drink, mix it with water. Super easy. It's like an insurance policy for your body's health and immunity system, especially during the winter months, especially if you're traveling a lot. Listeners to this show can get 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. I love the travel packs. Go to athleticgreens.com slash atlas. Again, promo code atlas to get the 10 free travel packs with your first purchase. This stuff is made from 75 whole food sourced ingredients, which to me is the key. You want to get as many vitamins and minerals, nutrients as you can from whole food sourced ingredients. It's also got a number of different probiotics and prebiotics in the product. Go to athleticgreens.com dot com slash atlas to take advantage today and get take take control of your own personal health it's all of our number one responsibility from the minute we're born till the minute we die you're responsible for you take care of yourself all right teddy let's get into the ufc I was all fighters would take athletic greens for sure and listen i'm not trying to stir up the pot here but and i'm not being specific with anybody at all but I'm just saying the sport in general, just like other sports, needs to really do something about looking at it seriously. And that's why you need a national commission because they're never going to do it on their own. But you really need to get some standard testing procedures, Ken, of in course. my sport, our sport. Of course, the boxing. most dangerous of them all. Yeah, really. Because really, uh, uh, cheating is prevalent. That's all I say. Anyone who thinks there's not cheating going on, they, you know what? I don't know where your head is, but it smells in there. 
It smells in there. Wherever they head, it's stinky. It's stinky. And um, you need to get your head out of there. Because reality is this sport really needs to do something about uh, some of the irregularities of what some people put in their blood, put in their system to get an advantage. I wish they, they would just do it the natural way, athletic greens, do it that way. And um, as much as it helped Ken with his marathons, it'll help you with whatever it is that is the task that you face. Yep. Even if even if you're eating the healthiest diet, Athletic Greens will help ensure that you're getting all the vitamins and nutrients that you need every day. Because even the healthiest diet, you can miss things. Like I said, I think of it as an insurance policy just to make sure I'm getting the essentials. But let's get into the um, UFC. We had um, Ankalaev, Magomed Ankalaev, Johnny Walker, part two rematch, illegal blow in the first um, fight, had it called off, or Johnny Walker, uh, miscommunication with the referee. Whatever the case may be, they rematched. Uh, my God, Ankalaev with the vicious knockout, hit him behind the ear, rattled him, sent him to the canvas. Johnny Walker falls back into the fence. And Ankalaev runs in with like a vicious uppercut shot to the nose, immediately smashes his nose apart, looked to be a compound fracture. Anytime you see a fighter of that caliber put his hands immediately to his face like, oh my God, I'm hurt. Uh, ref stepped in wisely, waved it right off. But man, when Johnny moved his hands and exposed his nose, you could see where the bone had cut, popped through the skin and his nose looked to be on the other side of his face. Scary knockout, scary broken broken nose. Um, man, two big, vicious guys. The striking was... Elite. Have we had confirmation? Because I don't want people out there saying, we know for sure. We have confirmation was broken. It was a savage punch, but... That doesn't mean that the nose was broken because we think it was. Do we know that it's confirmed that it was actually broken or even worse, a compound fracture? I'm going to check it now, but if it wasn't, he, if it wasn't, he cut his nose and it appeared that his nose was sideways it, afterwards. It might be. But I'm going to Google it now. It might be. And look, it looked like it was the kind of punch that would do that, to your point. But... But I know sometimes what you think that looks like, it's not always of course, of necessarily course. the case because it's just the way it is. You don't know until you know. Yep. Do we I'm gonna, know? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it right now and see what the official um, official uh, verdict was. But one of the Barstool Sports reporting that he shattered Johnny's nose. So let me just check the official medical diagnosis. Um Go ahead. Tell me what you thought of the fight, and I'll do the uh, research on the actual uh, yeah, look, injury. It's funny. The first fight ended because of, you know, a, 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 obviously a uh, a blow that wasn't, you know, allowable, right? It was an illegal blow. This one got stopped for a little time because of a kick that was low. So you started yep. to wonder, oh, you know, what road are we going down here? Uh, but... First thing that I noticed, Walker is so big and strong and explosive. In that first round, he's awkward, he's unpredictable. I want to break this down because people just think he's nothing because of the end result, but not true. The end result is because of how good Ankaliyev is. But Walker, big, strong, explosive, awkward, unpredictable, an offensive force, 
Ankalaev is just a solid, steady, consistent, and slow, just slow, relentless pressure. Or instead of slow, steady, relentless pressure. First round, Walker did a good job keeping him, you know, keeping him wary enough to keep him off balance because, you know, he is explosive. But Ankalaev is, he he was targeting his legs with leg kicks to take away the movement and the ability of Walker to be awkward and unpredictable. That shows me, again, a cerebralness, a cleverness, a brain, that he's not just Bugliaga. You know, he's not just a monster. He's a smart monster, this man, Ankalaev. And... Walker got some time off from the kick to the groin. Um, he did some showman stuff at the end of the first round. Karate kid stuff, shine on, shine off. You know, whatever that was, doing all that right, stuff. It looked like he was doing a uh, capoeira dance. It wasn't. I'll tell you what it wasn't doing. It wasn't <laughs> affecting Mr. Ankalaev. It, no. it wasn't impressing him. It wasn't changing anything about what Ankalaev came there to do. Nothing, because that's part of being great, is that your attitude is strong, and it doesn't get thrown into different directions by the behavior of your opponent or the circumstances of what's going on in the air, you know, during the event. Nothing changes the attitude of a real pro, of a real killer. You know, in the way I'm saying it, a real monster, uh, a real top guy. And nothing was going to change that with Ankalaev. First round, 10-10, maybe Ankalaev uh, was steady and Walker unpredictable, but Ankalaev's maybe those effective leg kicks that were really devastating kicks, maybe that got the round form. Either way, close round, second round, it's over. Uh, pressure made Ankalaev the boss. Just the pressure made him the boss right away. Uh, Walker was moving. Ankalaev, I was thinking, should go to the body, uh, slow some of that movement down. At the end of the day, what happens? Walker gets in too close, you know, to him with a kick. I think it was with a kick. Um, he got... But he was, Ankalaev walked him down. He just walked Walker down. Um, he got close to him again when Walker came in. I, I forget if it was with a kick or whatever, but he got in close. And then what did Ankalaev do? I want to give him more credit than just say, well, he, you know, he dropped him. He dropped him with a straight right hand to the chin, as Walker went backwards. Walker got too close, then he went backwards, Ankalaev threw the right hand with him, caught him, timed him, dropped him, and then, um, and again, Walker, that was, you can't make mistakes with better be if You can't make mistakes with guys like Ankalaev, Ken, and the mistake for Walker was that he got in too close with the kick. And when he got in too close, 
Again, on his way out, Walker said, here, take this with you. He hit him with right hand on the chin. <laughs> that, that's something you want to take with you, Ken. You know, it's not like going to someone's house and they, they say, here, you know, take home this dessert. You know what I mean? Yeah, it seems on, like we every week you're looking at these and I think, oh, so you want to be a UFC fighter. And then you uh, see well, a punch true. like that and you're like, Jesus, this is vicious. He, uh, he dropped him. He jumped on him with the punch you just said, uh, you know, with the right hand that may have broken his nose. Uh, and then uh, the final thing is Ankoliev is a smart, steady beast. He is so solid. He is so solid. Um, what did you get any confirmation if it was broke? I can't see anything on official confirmation right. Right. with regards to the injury, but if his nose isn't broken, uh, put it this way, I'd bet as much as you like that he has a broken nose. Either way, it forced the fight to be stopped, and it was kind of like a scene from Rocky where if he would have asked his corner man, uh, how's my nose, he would have said, it's an improvement. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an improvement. It's... It's been moved to the other side of your face. It looks better on that <laughs> side of your face than it looked on the other side of your face. Yeah. Uh, one of the great lines in, in sports movies, right, Ken? In yeah. Rocky, when, when he said, how's my nose? Uh, it's, an, it's an improvement. <laughs> yeah, it's an improvement. So yeah. I think, speaking of improvement, I think we've improved in moving fast and smooth yes. and gingerly. Uh as my but thoroughly thoroughly as my son pointed out that we he wanted me to do i think we've done that recently uh more and more so and then i think we might be left with one more preview if i'm right i'll leave it up to you that's exactly right. We're going to preview the much-anticipated Sean Strickland and Dreykus Duplessis. Uh, I just saw on Twitter before we jumped on that in a recent interview, Sean Strickland said, if DDP talks about my childhood one more time, I'm not just going to punch him like I did last time at the fights. This time I'm going to stab him. So <laughs> Sean is clearly... Well, last I uh, checked, they don't allow... <laughs> they don't allow weaponry. To, I mean, the weaponry <laughs> is their legs and 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 their 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 fist. But That's right. unless they've changed the rules, I don't think they allow. But that Sean did a re interview recently with Theo Vaughn where he uh, broke down and got very emotional, talking about his troubled childhood, and it's a very very sad story of the kind of abuse he was subjected to. But um, Duplessis, give, give is, him credit uh, the way he's oh, turned yeah. his life. Give the All guy. The listen, a lot of this stuff is. He does his stage because that's right. You know, they 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 a lot of the athletes have discovered, or they think they have, right? And they have, Ken, that you the squeaky wheel gets the oil. That, that's right. That the more controversial you are, I I'd like to see that not happen. I've I've said it before. Just be good. Just be good, be a decent person, be good. But we don't know that he's not a decent person. I think he is a decent person with his family. But what he's going to show you outside is not decent because they have discovered, or they think they have, that the more controversial you are in these kind of dirty ways, right? Yep. Uh, the more attention you're going to get, and that's going to equate into more money. That, that's, that's, that's why they do it. I mean, a lot of them anyway. Uh, some of them, I'm sure that they're, you know, 
that their personality was already towards that, uh, you know, ahead of time where they were all already predisposed to be that kind of talker and that kind of, you know, attention getter. Uh, I think Conor McGregor's a natural. I do. I think that guy's a natural at that. But he comes from a tough background, and he overcame it, and he made greatness of himself. You got to give him credit. And here's a guy, Strickland. I really love the guy. He he comes from an awful background, and look at the success he's made for himself and his family. And yes, you know, he behaves that way. And, and again, I think a lot of it is connected to putting seats in the putting fannies in the seats to where they think that they you know it's they've calculated it from their experience from what they've been told what they've witnessed that it's going to bring more money uh you know and I, I again I'd rather the guys to just just get in there like the old time fighters I I brought my I brought everything I need this and this my two hands and you know my two feet in the case of MMA and that's enough but I, I, I like what he's done with his life. Uh, I know some of the things he says, you know, gets out there, just like some of the things Covington says gets out there. But again, you know, we want to, we want to punish these guys in a way where we want to say that's disgraceful, that's this. But meanwhile, we're partly responsible for creating the atmosphere that makes them feel, and Sam's shaking his head, which, yes, which makes me feel better because Sam's involved in MMA, uh, Sam Rivera, who does our filming here every week and does a magnificent job. I, we created that atmosphere where they feel they have to do that. <laughs> you know, where they feel that, you know, they, they have to do that, that barking for their meal, so to speak, uh, to a certain extent. Um, so we get, we oh, that's disgusting. That's disgraceful. That's horrendous how the guy went to that place. All right, I'm not arguing that sometimes it is. But I'm not arguing that we didn't give a, a sort of idea to them that that stuff would get them to a better place as far as marketing would get them to make more money. So... I, I, we have to, we got to look at it uh, a little bit through the portal of both lenses, not just the one lens that's easy to look through and say, oh, freaking dirtbag, you know, and maybe some of them are, I don't know, but dirtbag, no, 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 dirtbag, no, you, you were there at the presses, you were there, you know, where you were yelling out stuff that was invoking this too, that that you were one of the first people to buy a ticket the first time he became the bad boy uh, and, and, and wanted to witness some of what a bad boy does. So I just want to put that in proper, take a minute to put that in proper perspective. As far as the fight, the breakdown, very interesting fight. Duplessis might be the next Boogiaga. He is so big. He is so strong. He is so explosive. He is so devastating. <laughs> he, I mean, he, he is that monster truck that runs over the smaller ones. He is that big. He is that physical. 
and he imposes his physicality on you so far. I met him. I met him when he beat, I was covering the fight for ESPN where he beat Whitaker to get the, uh, when, when he beat Whitaker to get to the spot that he's in right now. And it was a big upset. Everyone thought Whitaker was going to win that fight. Uh, at the time, Adesanya and Whitaker were the two best middleweights. I think nobody would argue in the business. <laughs> and he didn't just beat him. He obliterated Whitaker. And it was really impressive. But here's the reason why I think so much of Duplessis. Yeah, he's big. Yeah, he's George Foreman strong and all that stuff. But he's smart. If he was just big and strong, I I wouldn't be as impressed as I was that night against Whitaker. Because he didn't just beat Whitaker that night only on physicality. He beat him because he missed he mixed his size and his physicality with technique and smarts. With cunning. Again, the cerebralness of of what's so important in anything in life and in this sport that I always talk about that separates the guys. That you got two tough guys, two physical guys, one is smarter, bang. As Customato always said, that guy becomes tougher. That become, guy becomes better just because he's smarter. And I see that, those characteristics in Duplessis. I saw it, I witnessed it against Whitaker. And then afterwards, I was leaving, I was getting taken back to the hotel, and the van that was carrying Duplessis and his team, and they were a great team, they saw me and they stopped and Duplessis jumped out to say hello. So he's a gentleman. And and he jumped, uh, I don't care what he looked like at the garden, him and Strickland, where they were going crazy trying to hit each other and hitting each other. Again, that's another side. That's another side. Um, uh, and whatever uh, happened with, with that. But the side that I saw, he gets out of the van, he comes over, he engages me in conversation, says hello to me, I say hello, we meet, meet his trainer. Really, it's always good to meet people that are gentlemen, not to mention a guy that's such a talent. And the first thing when I saw him in person, standing there, I said to him what I said when I was observing it from my seat in the arena, but even more so, it was magnified, how big he was. I just looked, I was, oh my God, you are a big son of a gun <laughs> you are big how the heck does he make weight how the heck does he i know it's not easy but man he is big and but like i said to him that what impressed me was how smart you were and you used your bigness if you will in that ring with a guy that you had to use it with whitaker because being strong wouldn't have been enough not with whitaker so and it's the same thing here. That's what impressed me the most. Now, what impressed me about Strickland, he does something that not a lot of people can do. He's not always as physical or as big as some of the other guys, although he is physically strong. And and uh, he's, he's not a great puncher. He's not an explosive puncher. But he's a solid enough. He's technically solid. He hits you accurate. 
and he controls moments. He looks at his best. He is doing what they talk about in scoring, ring generalship, controlling the ring, controlling the octagon. He has the ability to make it his fight. Some of the things that the great fighters have, some of their greatest attributes, it's not speed, it's not power, it's not footwork. It's the ability to get the opponent to fight the fight they wanted him to fight. I'll go back in history. Carlos Monzon, not a great human being by any means, but a great, great fighter, one of the greatest middleweights of all time. He was great at controlling range. He was tall, he was long, but he was great at making you fight his fight. Strickland is great when he's at his best of making you cooperate, even if you don't want to cooperate, and fight his fight. And he's great at one other thing. The old timers would always say to me, Teddy, you get these guys, if they're good enough, these special guys that can control a fight, win a fight, control a career with one punch. When it's when it's honed, when it's forged the right way, when it's used the right way, when you have the right mentality behind it, one punch can be used for a career. To win a fight, to to win numerous fights, to shut down guys bigger, guys stronger, guys that are relentless. There's one punch that that if you learn the art of it, it can be used to do that. And that one punch is a jab. And there's very few people that get to that level that they can use that one punch the way I just described. Willie Pep was a guy, going back a history lesson again to the 30s, 40s, where Willie Pep, he had 300 pro fights. The Will of the Wisp from Connecticut. I mean, he, he would outbox guys. He would he put on a clinic with the jab, controlling space, negating your power with his jab, navigating around a ring, not allowing you to get into areas that you wanted to get into to use the, the abilities that you had that might have been greater than his in certain dimensions. He didn't let you do that. And it was all with the jab. He even... The one guy that he couldn't do it with enough was the great Sandy Sadler, who was a beast. Beast. He was a freak. How big and strong. But he beat Sadler once. He beat Sadler once in a 15-round fight. He beat the great Sandy Sadler. He out-jabbed him. He, he outboxed him. He had to. There was no room for there was no room for error. No margin for error against Sadler. None. Sadler got him three other times. But on that one night, he did what the old-timers told me. If you have that kind of jab and that kind of mentality to use it, man, you can shut it down. You can shut it down. (coughs) And you can make yourself the man on that night. That's what Strickland has the ability to do. That's what he's going to have to do. If he can't do that, he ain't winning this fight. He ain't winning this fight. He's got to make it his fight. He's got to use that one punch, that jab, that jab to lead him to the promised land, to take him to the mountaintop. That one jab. 
he's got that. And, and to set up the right hand, you know, as I always say when I commentate or commentated, you know, set the table with the jab, eat with the right hand. That's what he needs to do. Set the table with the jab, eat with the right hand in spots. And, and don't get greedy. Don't become a Garvone. Don't try, you know, don't be, don't, don't try to eat it all up. No, take little bites like your mother told you, like your grandmother told you. Small bites. Don't be a pig. Don't be a pig, son. Take small bites. Just lock it up to, with this, Ken. If he can, if Whitaker can do that. Not Whitaker. Um, uh, yeah, Strickland. I'm sorry. Strickland. If Strickland can you do that. If he can, if he can shut it down, if he can control for five rounds, five five minute rounds, it ain't easy. If he can control that inner sanctum of that of that cage with his jab, with his legs, and pick spots for the right hand at the right time, and then tie up the stronger guy on the inside. Don't let him use his strength. Don't you let him use that. That size. If he can do that, he's got a chance to shock the world again. I don't know if it'll be as shocking. He's the champ now. But he shocked the world against Adesanya. Nobody right. thought it was possible. He That's made right. it his fight. He made it not Adesanya's fight. He made it his fight. He needs to make it his fight against this, this maybe the next Bogiaga. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Duplessis. For the guys that, uh, for our friends at MyBookie, and again, if you're looking to bet on the fights, you can always go to MyBookie.ag and use the promo code Atlas for 50% credit on your first deposit. Sean Strickland, minus 135. Duplessis, plus 105. What do you think, and who do you like? I'm taking Duplessis. I'm taking them. Plus money. I'm taking them a little bit, a little bit, but I'm taking him because he's I'm I'm banking on. And we should talk in banking terms, we're talking money wages. I'm banking on that he's what I said he was. That he's more than just bigger. He's more than just physically stronger. He's more than just explosive. That he's smart. He's got good solid technique when the moment comes, when push comes to shove, and he will be smart enough to not get out jabbed all night long and to be forced into a place where he's conforming to what Strickland wants and fighting his fight. That's what I'm bargaining on. So I'm taking Duplessis uh, to win the fight. Go ahead. What's the next proposition, if there are? That's it for that. Let me see if we can get a uh, – let me let me just check their um – lines and see if they got some prop bets on that one give me one second it's going to be a good one though from toronto canada a lot of canadians on the uh on the card and the canadians show out for the ufc that's for sure uh one sec <clears throat> strickland duplessis let me get you the um prop lines here one prop bet uh oh they just have a um Nope, they don't have an over-under on this one. Just the line that we discussed. Well, that's good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm going with the places to win. That's it. 
Well, Teddy, that's all we got today on Martin Luther King Day. Happy MLK Day to everyone. Kids are out of school, like you said earlier. It's like a blizzard here. We've got probably six inches now. They've already canceled school for the next two days for my kids. Today's Monday. They've already called off school Tuesday and Wednesday. So there is a lot of snow here for Nashville. But anyway, I hope everyone's enjoying the day off. Got a couple big games. Actually, while I got you here, maybe you can give you a prediction on the. You got a hot streak going. The people won't hear this until tomorrow. But let's see how your, uh, let's see how your picks are going to be The public tonight. wants it. They, they want it. They wants. want it, Ken. All right. So they'll already know the scores by the time this airs. But we got Pittsburgh at Buffalo. And Philly at Tampa. One second, I'll tell you what the lines are. All right, Buffalo minus 10. Philly minus 3. Buffalo, wow, Buffalo uh, Steelers at Buffalo. Buffalo is minus 10 points. Blizzard in Buffalo. They had to cancel the game from uh, moving from Sunday to Monday. They had so much snow out there. And an over-under at 39.5 in the snow. That fight is Duplessis and, and uh, Strickland. I'll tell you why. Buffalo is Duplessis and Pittsburgh is Strickland. If Pittsburgh can get them to play their game, fight their fight, um, you know, uh, grind it out sort of a game, ugly game, if you will, grind it out on the ground, uh, defensive struggle. If they can do that, they, they're not as talented as, they're not as explosive as Buffalo. Buffalo is the places against Strickland. Again, I'll say it again. And it's up to Pittsburgh to find a way to slow them down. You know, Buffalo's been hot with their with Allen, their quarterback. They've been explosive. They got hot at the right time. Uh, Pittsburgh has to find a way to do what Strickland has to do. Use the jab and take everything away from Buffalo, take away their ability to, you know, to bomb you, their ability to be explosive. If if they can do that, if Pittsburgh can do that, and it's a big if, especially, you know, in that difficult weather up in Buffalo. But Pittsburgh's used to bad weather. Don't think they're not used to cold weather. They're used to it too. It's not like Miami here going into Kansas City when it was when it was you know frigid and Miami just couldn't deal with the cold whatever else also with Kansas City they couldn't deal with but Pittsburgh could deal with the cold a lot better than the Dolphins yep. so 10 points a lot I like Buffalo to win the game money line but as far as those points I'll be donned in the playoffs Pittsburgh well coached well coached uh that coach is a good solid coach um i i'm not laying 10 points i take the 10 money line you got minus 525 that's a huge line for an nfl that is game. that is they're that showing is. um they were showing a minute ago um footage of buffalo digging out from the snow i'm not exaggerating the, the every single seat more or less is covered in about a foot of snow i mean it, i don't even know Crazy. where they're gonna put the snow when you get into the stadium all right next game i guarantee you one thing it doesn't make me the amazing creskin those seats will not have snow in them they will oh. have human <laughs> bodies in them uh, <laughs> so sure. by by time tonight go ahead uh, 
Uh, and then finally, we've got um, Eagles traveling to Tampa Bay. I can guarantee you that, you know, 10 to 12 games into the season, the Eagles did not anticipate traveling nope. on Wild Card Weekend. Nope. And uh, Philly is minus three in Tampa Bay. Um, I think the line would have been much bigger again if they hadn't hit the skids late in the season. They didn't look yep. good in their last several games. Terrible. And over-under is 43-and-a-half. Um, for the money line, we have uh, Philly minus 155, plus 135 on Tampa Bay. Look, uh, Philly was supposed to – they were one of the favorites going into the season to make the mm -hmm. Super Bowl. And then it went – like you said, they hit the skids. It went bad. It went bad. They went from being a Super Bowl pick to where all of a sudden they lost home field advantage – uh, they lost all the things that everyone thought was an automatic, that they would be the top seed, they would be home field throughout, and now they're not. They lost five of Teddy. They lost five of their last. Am I am I going backwards? Five of their last six games. Yeah, really bad. I didn't know. They only it was beat that bad. the Giants. I didn't at know. At home. That bad. Barely thirty five twenty five. I mean, to go on a losing streak, they went on it at the wrong time. You want to be lost hot. to the Cardinals at home. The Cardinals yeah, were set with, at the time were tied for the second worst record in the league. You want to have they, momentum? They don't have it. You want to be hot going going in? They're they're cold. Wow, um, I don't realize how. I mean, they're, these sometimes the teams that's not as good a team, they could get the momentum going at the end of the yeah. season, get on a winning you know, in, into a winning gear, a winning uh, rhythm, and, and ride it all the way to the Super Bowl. That's right. Uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if Tampa Bay can do that. I don't know that they're good enough to do that, um, to be quite honest. Uh, the quarterback's hot, though. They got Evans, one of the receivers, who's a real solid guy. So they do have, they do have some weapons. Uh, they have been playing really well. Uh, they've been doing the opposite of, what Philly's been doing. They've been playing well while Philly hasn't been, quite frankly. Um, ah, boy. Uh, three points. You know what? On the road, they're, they're having to lay three points. Most bettors would say, hey, I'm not laying three points in the playoffs on the road. On the road, I got to lay three. To, to a team that's been playing good, and give them up with a team that's been playing horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, I think Philly's the better team. They haven't been showing it. They haven't been acting like it. They haven't been behaving like it. They haven't been playing like it. Uh, can they turn it around right now? Can they? Can the urgency get to them? Can and wake them up? Wake them up out of a cold nightmare. Uh, well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna take the points. I'm gonna go with two two dogs. The dogs won yesterday on Sunday. Uh, both dogs won. I'm gonna say that it's the dogs are gonna keep barking. I'm I gonna agree say with that you. the dogs are gonna keep barking. Yep. Well, um, before we sign off, I'm going to show you a quick image from um, from Buffalo and show you how just in insane this is. Look at this thing from Barstool Sports. Can you see that on the screen there of the fans digging out their 
digging oh, out you, there. Uh, there, there, right there. Leave it there. I see it now. Wow, wow. You know what I want to see? That's crazy I want to see. Snow. I want to see you running that snow. I ran ten miles already this morning, and it was a nightmare. It was yeah, terrible. but how? But was it as deep as that? No, 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 definitely not. Okay, I don't think okay. it would be possible to run in snow that deep, but I did run in the snow I had here, and it was terrible. But um, I'd, I'd be willing to to supply the shoery for you. <laughs> I would be willing to sponsor you with the shoery if you could somehow run, somehow create a new, some kind of new challenge where I you can promise run through you if, that. If, if I did, Rob Moore, our great producer, would be right there next to me. He's uh, equally as committed. But before we say goodbye, yeah, speaking but he's of sponsors, smaller than you. He could run above the snow. He could just <laughs> skip right through the snow, you know. And you, you would sink in. Definitely. You would sink in. Well, speak, speaking of sponsors, I would be remiss if I didn't give another shout out to the people at uh, our friends at My Bookie. Again, go to mybookie.ag and use the promo code Atlas for fifty percent credit on your first deposit. They can take care of all your uh, fight and football betting needs. Mybookie.ag. Well, Teddy, I think we covered it all. We gave some previews. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up to your point. Uh, next week, we'll be recording in person from the great Trinity Boxing Club in Lower Manhattan. And uh, we'll be previewing the Fury Usyk fight with a, a fight plan. And we'll be recording all the, um, we'll be discussing all the action from Strickland Duplissy's card in person, in the ring. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. It's first time for the new year. Well, it'll be great. And listen, everybody out there, um, why don't you just take a little bit of a page from the man who we're honoring today, who we're remembering today for his life, Dr. Martin Luther King. Just take a moment. Take a moment to just listen to his speech. It was one of the greatest speeches I've ever heard. I've heard a few great ones. But it was one of the most emotional, impactful speeches I've I think we've ever heard but it was the words the words that we should all live in a world where we all get together we all camp out each other and we all treat everyone based on not on their color of their skin but of the content of their character that's right boy oh boy those words were never so true were never so important as they were when Dr. King said them. And you know what? All these years later, again, they're never so true and never so important that we shouldn't hear them again. Take the time to listen to that speech. And I hope everybody can be a little smarter for it, a little bit better for it, a little awakened for it. God bless everybody. Happy Martin Luther King Day. And be good to each other. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>